listening to the Wisdom, Truth, and Freedom podcast, where we share our wisdom, speak the truth, and enjoy our freedom while we discuss topics that impact our world through the lens of our different views and backgrounds. While we're not experts, our opinions are expertly held. So today, today we're going to depart uh, from our usual topics of discussions. Uh, we want to take on a topic which is currently in the American consciousness, a topic that is uh, definitely in the news uh, currently and is hotly contested by pundits of all sides. As a matter of fact, Congress recently uh, had hearings on this very subject, and that is the subject of reparations. So with me today, we have Frank and uh, Tom. And of course, we have our resident technical expert, the one and only Mr. M. Everything here happens because of him. We could not, we would not be able to do this show without him. So, uh, Mr. M, how are you today? I'm doing all right. Just all right? Yeah, just all right. Oh, okay. Well, great to have you here. All right. As always, Frank, you have something to say? No, not yet. <laughs> it's coming. All it's right. coming. Well, as, as always, we start by defining the subject uh, of discussion. So, reparations, what is it? And uh, Frank, you want to open us up with that? The definition of reparations is defined as anything paid or done to make up for a wrongdoing or the act of making up for actions of a group or individual. <laughs> so, so, there is definitely uh, <clears throat> at least uh, the implication that there is some monetary... Uh, For some form of money involved in it. At least that's what they're looking for. <laughs> All right. But, but, but before we go into that, I have two aspects that I like everybody to consider. Uh, one I learned during my divorce. Uh, cost me a lot to learn this one thing. <laughs> uh, but things have to be looked at as a picture in time. You cannot define any era, whether uh, how long ago you go the past, with the knowledge of what you have today. You can find that in medicine, where, as I've said before, cancer, they used to think the more you cut out, the better it was, and they found that to be wrong. Even uh, Madame Curie with iodine, uh, the radioactivity. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, you used to go step on a scale, and you'd be able to see your bones. And they thought nothing of it. But yet today, you would say it was crazy. So when we talk about this subject, I think we need to consider the fact of a picture in time. And the second thing I'd like everybody to consider, uh, and I uh, actually came to this through Dennis Prager, is that human beings are basically not good. So if it's innate to us to be not good, the question is why do reparations even exist? Because... When you look at society, irregardless of race or location, every group has built their success or their future on, the, on another group. Blacks on blacks, whites on blacks, uh, could be based on religion. No group is independent or has never abused another group. Tom? Yep. Um 
clearly slavery is as universal as as mankind. Um, I made a point with this subject because it, it's just my head. It's difficult to, to look at this subject and not have your head explode. Uh, there's just so much information or so many uh, different uh, subtopics to talk about with reparations, and it made it very difficult for me. So I made a point to just approach it. Um, when I went to look at people I admire and look at experts and what they had to think, I only literally only went to black scholars, black economists, black historians, black authors, and uh, f for my information. And clearly, for example, Thomas Sowell, I mean, his whole argument, you know, we all know Thomas Sowell was the great uh, uh, black economist for the last 40, 50 years. He just retired. Uh, this is a huge thing for him. And, and he's so full of statistics. And his first statistics, as always, is that nothing in the history of man or the, or the recorded history of man in, say, the last 4,000 years is more universal than slavery. Um, it's, and the statistics that back it up are, are just overwhelming. I mean, the word itself, slavery, comes from the term Slavic. And, and, it's, and it's Slavic because of the Barbary pirates um, back in the uh, 18th and 17th century uh, were you know, in Northern Africa were proficient in enslaving people. And who did they enslave? They enslaved the whites of South Southern Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, he, he goes further, Thomas Sowell, saying that uh, more whites were enslaved in Southern Europe by the Barbary pirates of Africa than in um, than significantly more than in the Western Hemisphere in the 19th and 20th century. Never mind just the United States. Uh, I mean, a statistic like that just you know threw me on onto my heels. But it's the universality of slavery as uh, as a sin, as a human sin, and I agree a hundred percent with what Frank said about human nature. Um, Where you know. Uh, slavery is is exists because uh, human nature, for what we are, we're 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 pretty crummy. Um, and so the issue there for me is uh, why us? Why the United States? Why why are we focusing on it here? I mean, it's a pretty crummy thing. And just like so many things that uh, the left wants to focus on about the the bad things in the United States. Yeah, there's a lot of bad things in the United States, and the United States is pretty bad but for every place else. Uh, if you look at the alternative, and this is just another example, the alternative to what we've done to make this wrong right and for what we did going back to the founding of this country compared to the rest of the world, um, this, we're just not the society. We're the society that's being picked on and we're, and we're the least, uh, and we're the, probably the society that should be least you know, picked on. So reparation and Frank... Uh shared with us the uh, i guess the the definition from from the dictionary uh but reparation uh it's definitely in the news uh today and it's being discussed at uh, every level in fact uh, Al Sharpton polled several of the uh, candidates that are running for office and uh, the great majority of them if i'm not mistaken agreed uh, that yes if they get elected they will support reparations. But reparations, or I should say reparations in general, it's, it's in the news today because it's being, it's being propelled and a lot of Hollywood is also propelling it uh, to uh, repair or to, uh, to make right, to make a wrong right. Uh, and it's specifically, although 
not everybody that supports reparation is it's suggesting monetary reparation, but let's assume that the, that, that is the general consensus. Um, everyone is, re, uh, when they talk about reparations, you are talking about money, giving some sort of financial, uh, I guess, award for the ills or for the wrongs that were committed, particularly in this case, and we're talking specifically reparation for black America. For uh, And so with that in mind, with that particular setting, which is really what is being discussed today, um, <clears throat> we thought that uh, we should have some questions. And I know that, and Mr. M, you're a millennial, are you not? <laughs> yes, I am. So we thought, and because our show, we are so passionate about young people and we want to share our knowledge and experience to young people today, uh, we thought it would be appropriate to kind of get... get um, kind of a general consensus or kind of find out the mindset about what are gen what are some young people thinking today when they hear reparation what are some of the th triggers to use that uh, modern word today what triggers them to agree or to support reparation what are some of the things that they are thinking and so we thought uh, some questions would be important to ask them and so we sent Mr. M out there to kind of do some uh, research for us. Um, I have the questions. Um, uh, you can, uh, M, uh, Mr. M, can you share some of the specific questions that you, you asked? Yes. Um, so I consolidated some of the like-minded questions, mm -hmm. and I treated it more conversationally than, you know. So that being said, um, so I asked uh, uh, a bunch of people, uh, different questions about slavery, uh, all minorities. Um, and I asked them, uh, does America need to apologize? Uh, well, let me say that again. Does America need to apologize for slavery? Um, the short answer is that I would say on the whole, yes, but you might be surprised on how, um, the, you know, are we ignoring the past sins by not engaging in reparations? They, again, short answer, yes, but more often than not, they were saying that they don't think it should be a monetary uh, payment. They pointed out the Native Americans. You know, we uh, took their land, if you will, and we gave them casinos and money, and, and it's not done anything to uplift their culture. So they think money is actually not beneficial. Um and I asked, you know, how, how do you tell who's a slave and who's not? And they said, that is a muddy water as well. Again, these are, these are all black people that were answering these questions. Um, <laughs> they felt it would be much more beneficial, and to not just black people as well, but other minority groups as well, and, and white people too, that it should be more focused on upping simply just education in, you know, uh, high-risk areas or pouring into communities, you know, with uh, gym uh, gymnasiums or community centers, they see that as it uplifts a bad neighborhood, and then everyone benefits from it. So uh, let me ask you a question. It's too logical your answer, <laughs> uh, because are those friends of yours conservative or liberal? Liberal. So they give a logical answer, which is almost biblical. Give the man a fish he eats for the day, teach him the fish he eats for a lifetime. They give a logical answer, meaning 
build a foundation, and if it's a proper foundation, the structure will be sound. Yeah. Yet they support people who don't believe that. How do you explain that dichotomy? I can't explain that, uh, you know, based on every single individual. But what I can say is, so they agree that slavery is wrong. They agree that the U.S. should apologize for it. But they really don't uh, think you, individual person, should be held accountable. They know that's a messy argument or a messy, you know, discovery to go back and find every ancestor. And, and in fact, that's kind of the culture that we have today, doxing someone, finding out, oh, they did this in their past. They mm -hmm. didn't like that. And they realize that that but information it, be put in the wrong hands. I understand that. But yet they support politicians, leaders who, who say just the opposite. In general, we're making we're making generalizations yeah. here. Well, there, there's that. the disconnect. I mean, you saying that, I mean, you, you just threw me off. I know. My I was surprised as well. Because who are we listening to? We're listening to these politicians and, 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 the, and the media. And so we're, I'm walking around saying, are people have people become this stupid? And this self-centered, this uh, narcissist, it, it can't be. People, uh, the, the, the mindset of the young have, or, or of, of the younger generation could not have fallen this far off. So you've, you've restored a lot of my faith in humanity right off I, the I, bat. And I knew it had to be there. You I know, either that he's hanging out with the right people. <laughs> or, well, and, you know, because it's... These it, are definitely uh, a varying group of extremely liberal to yeah. independent at the most. Yeah, because it, it makes no sense. But but what what your friends or you spoke talked about, what they gave examples of 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 somewhat evolving solutions. Yeah. And what Democrats that are are speaking tonight and tomorrow in these debates I'm going to bring in. Yeah. Then that's not what they're going to talk about. Why? Because they don't want the solution. If they solve this problem, whatever this problem is, if it's solved through. Um, through infl uh, in, in infusing effort into communities, into, into true efforts, not involving just money, into poverty, and they, then the problem goes away. And what happens? Yeah. The constituency goes away. And when the constituency, what happens to a poor person that makes it big? That's the big joke. Well, they become a Republican. And I, yeah, I, I, brought, well, okay? up, I brought up they, that point that do you feel that, uh, you know, an Al Sharpton or a Jesse Jackson truly represents right. you? And their answer wasn't a definitive no. They said, I think they have good intentions, but they, they feel they might be like a, a preacher, you know, that they, mm. they do some good, like a big megachurch preacher. They do mm. some good, but maybe they have poor judgment in another mm. area. They think at their core, they started out into this political race with good intentions and maybe have deviated. <clears throat> you know, when you have wealth, you get blinded by it. Um, yeah, I have no doubt when Jesse Jackson was at, at the right hand of of Martin Luther King, that there was that's a different death Jesse Jackson exactly. 30 years later. Sharpton, I don't know. Haven't so, dealt so with they don't early. think these gentlemen are using them to stay in power? Not and as strongly as you guys as, as, yeah. as us old white guys. They're just listening to the wrong people. Uh, I think that's know. actually another topic for another day and a very interesting right. topic worthy of exploring. I personally, I think, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. M, but it's quite possible that this caught them so off guard because generally young people don't sit around to talk about this thick. I, at least I don't think so. Uh, but it caught them off guard. I and run perhaps with a different group of people. <clears throat> we talk about this kind of stuff on the regular. Okay. All right. Uh, it wasn't on the regular well, like, two years ago, three years ago, like it is now. It's always been back there, but it's never been. 
maybe, maybe not reparations yeah. every right. weekend. Right. But, but where we I'm going definitely with... are finding hard topics and mm -hmm. having them at discussions. So especially for me being more conservative, I want to learn the mm -hmm. opposition the, side, course. not that's, to call them opposition, but I want to know no. how you think so no. I can understand you and have empathy for you. And maybe even, oh, okay, I gained a kernel from you. No, um, no, that so, yeah. I'm sure some of the most fun times you have are these discussions. And, that, that, and it that's never turns into a life. nasty. No, and it's, you know, a, lot of, the end of the it's day, a lot of fun. We're, yeah. we're but really we don't have these and, anymore. Yeah. So where I'm going with this is that perhaps the moment, the fact that they were summoned, and I don't know how your setup went, but it probably uh, elevated the conversation, the mindset at that moment, and uh, which has something to do with, uh, I mean, this has been demonstrated in some group discussions that all of a sudden when you when you focus some people, put them in a group, or even, even uh, I likened it to when you're in a jury waiting to be picked and you're being asked all those questions, a lot of times um, people change their questions or their answers based on what the peers are saying. Uh, peer pressure. And so um, I'm not well, suggesting that I that's what happened. I wouldn't discredit them and say this was peer pressure. No, I, right. hear I me out completely. This specific I'm... group was a, because it was multiple conversations, not everyone all together. I had three separate conversations with different people and they each uh, brought up similar points without sharing notes. But I think it's truly at the core and they acknowledge that some people do want the money, but they think that is just asking that's Pandora's box box. And that you can't come back from that. Their problem with slavery and it's not so much that they think white people are evil. They think that the system that, okay, you're out of, you're out of slavery. You're a free man. It still was a harder life. You know, you didn't have uh, property. You didn't have voting rights. So they, they think, and I, I tend to agree with them that the system or it's just been a calamity of errors and just stacking on top of each other. So now that they feel it's a more of a broken system than the white man is evil. No, they're good people and they're bad people on both sides. But, but that gets back to what I said, a picture in time. You can't, or they're not explaining to you why African immigrants coming here can be so successful and they're living here all these years and they cannot or or other immigrants, it doesn't have, I just use that because some of them say it's more difficult when you're black because people can see versus if you're Spanish and, and all that. And also they don't explain why this, some, and I, according to what I read, black females actually, when they graduate college, make 110, 102% of what female, uh, white females make. So yeah. to, to say you know, what happened in the past happened in the past, but that doesn't explain what's happening to your group today. I would, I would explain that it's intelligent minorities, not to say that, you know, to disparage, but I think it's, you know, well-educated and uh, thoughtful people are speaking for other people. Um, they, they explain that when you're brought up in, you know, uh, a rough neighborhood in, in the ghetto, if you will, you don't you don't really strive for much. You don't know anything. Your, your ceiling is tremendously low. So I spoke to some of my black friends were immigrants that came from, you know, uh, outside countries and they had that, that, um, bootstrap mentality. mentality. They had that, Oh, I can strive for more. I can make America work for me, but they are explaining that their brothers and sisters in race, they don't know any better. So then those are the people maybe that I want money. I want a handout. Yeah. I want this. 
So they're trying to elevate them as well. They're, I would say that they're asking, please help us help our Mr. M. I would politely say that's BS. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in the Bronx, uh, just like Tom did similar neighborhoods, um, probably low middle class. I already mentioned in the past, I don't know if you heard the podcast, but my father was an alcoholic. It was difficult. But I still I have two other brothers and we all made it. And it it's not because of the world we were in per se, as they're saying. It all comes down to your parents. And even though I had a, a father who I would not wish on anybody, he did teach me the value of money and striving. So I think when they say they grew up in the ghetto and it's so difficult and all all this other stuff. But I, I that doesn't explain the ones that made it. And and the ones that made yeah, it when, sure. you, when you talk to them, and I, they may be the outlayer, but when you talk to them, what do they all say? My mom or my dad or my grandmother, if they didn't have parents, told me I have to do good at school. Watch me to make sure I did the right thing. So what a lot of people do in the ghetto, and when using that term generically, is they delegate and they abdicate. They, <clears throat> they let the kids go, and they don't manage it after that. So... Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, no one was poorer than, than uh, uh, the Jews in the Lower East Side. Of course, in the of early, course. Nobody. Nobody was poorer than the Irish in, in Hell's Kitchen or the Italians in East Harlem at that moment. Nobody, okay? The, the, and the other argument, the other, the other, you know, no one wants to talk about facts. Facts often get away in, 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 get in the way of feelings. In between 1940 and 1960, the black poverty rate was cut in half in, this, in the United States. It was cut in half in 20 years with no government involvement and no agitation. Nobody was rioting. Nobody was, was making an issue. Nobody was. The government was involved in all. 20 years, you know, with the, with the, with the and this is in the, in the middle of, of uh, Jim Crow. But what was happening was the great migration north as, as they moved north. Black poverty was cut in half in 20 years. And it was and it, and the, the black family in the what 40, stopped it? What stopped it was Johnson's um, the, uh, the Great Society, uh, uh, the great the society. war against poverty. Uh, the the black family was fully intact in the thirties, forties, and fifties. It was every bit a, a two parent household uh, during those years as white family. It was the, the statistics of children being born into single family black homes was in the in in the teens. I think now it's eighty five percent are born in single family. It wasn't until the government got involved to make it, to fix the problem, a problem that was clearly fixing itself. Now, I understand it's hard to talk to the family of Emmett Till in, 1950, in 1950s and say, hey, things are getting better, or to talk to uh, Rosa Parks. But, you know, a little bit of a different issue in Alabama and Mississippi. But overall, as a country, the problem was being solved. And it was being solved, sure, over a period of 100 or 150 years. But... That's true for all of us. How do you guys feel about, um, so in my research and in my, you know, uh, reading and watching other media, there is a gentleman uh, by the name of Killer Mike. And Mm -hmm. he's a, uh, he's a rapper, artist, but Mm -hmm. also a, uh, what's the word? He's a, uh, I I can cut this out, like a political activist or. Pundit. 
I guess he's activist. Activist. Yeah. Uh, so this by the name agitator, of, <laughs> uh, gentleman Community by the organizer, a name a man, a man by the name of Killer Mike, who is a rapper, artist, and also an activist. Um, and he has a television show on Netflix called Trigger Warning. Mm-hmm. And he tried to buy black all day, spend money at a black grocery store, right. black gas station, and he found it tremendously hard. Right. And upon interviewing all these business owners, they were uh, some of the points they were making was that desegregation really contributed to the crumbling of, you know, the uh, The black black renaissance, if you will. Yes, because it, you know, they weren't just competing black against black; they were competing with people who had a huge lead and had were way more established. And I think that encapsulates. Uh, on the whole, black people's feelings about slavery. It's not about the past. You, yeah, we can't fix the past. That is that of that time. But they're, they feel, and I can kind of see where they're coming from, that they're playing at a tremendous disadvantage. And that's why their feelings is not, don't give money, but pour right. into our education. Because they feel that all of, and uh, uh, Rico asked this in, in the questionnaire, who is the you know who's the most responsible for the uh, impeding advancement of blacks in America? They don't feel it's any one particular group. They feel it's an education problem. Well, it's well, it, but yeah. forty were upwards of thirty trillion dollars having been spent since the mid sixties, and I don't trust people like AOC to even know what a trillion dollars is. She she sees a billion, no, she, she sees has a, a trillion in economics, and she probably she? <laughs> looks at you know a billion, a trillion. Those are two very high numbers. When a trillion is right compared yeah. to a, yeah. so th- you're looking at 30 trillion we're approaching now having been spent since the mid 60s. And if you want to put that in per- perspective, that's three and a half times more than we've spent on every war since Lexington and Concord. Since the first shots were fired at Lexington, we, we've spent three times more on the war on poverty since the mid 60s. And where has it gotten us? It's and I have no no. Um, qualms with focusing on on the issue but mon- pure money is 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 not the problem also you got to put put it in perspective and again nothing lies like statistics uh i don't know who it was but i've I, in all my reading i've seen that yes black business owners what i'd like first thing i'd like to hear is is an explanation from from um from blacks who grew up in black communities why is it that when you go into a place like Jamaica, Queens, or you go into the South Bronx, or you go into uh, uh, East New York and Brooklyn, well, real black, Brownsville, Brooklyn, these real black neighborhoods, all the businesses are not owned by whites. They're owned by Jamaicans and Haitians and Indians and Pakistani. Now, if I'm a racist or I have racist tendencies or America is racist, do you think we're less racist to the Pakistanis than we are to the blacks? Do you think I'm we're less we're, we're giving more opportunity to a Haitian. And if you want to talk about slavery, there's no worse slavery in the world than what the ha- Haitians uh, um, endured. I, I, I've never been able to get an explanation as to that. And I, I used to spend a lot of time in Jamaica, Queens. And I'd walk down the street, 95% black neighborhood, and not a single business was owned by a black person. But it wasn't owned by a white person either. It was owned by either an Asian, Pakistani, Jamaican, Haitian. I never understood that 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 aspect. And I'm not going to begin to to have an opinion on it. But the other thing, though, is perspective. And that is the GDP 
If you take the GDP of the American black, of African-Americans, just separated it out from the United States as a whole, it would be the 11th most productive country in the world. GDP being what? Gross domestic product. Okay. If you now a little bit more, now they kind of fudged it a little in that they had a focus. And it's interesting. You brought up the point about black businesses. They focused this more, a little bit more. It wasn't pure GDP. It was more what blacks spend as, as much as what they produce. Because obviously blacks aren't producing as much. I have to, I have to, uh, That was a paid political announcement. So, but but if they, when they took those numbers of what blacks produce and what they consume, they're the 11th most prosperous nation in the world, in and of themselves. And the if you take the average black man in America, he is in the top 10% of all people in the world. So this, this, it, it, we, what we need to get a away from though, he doesn't live in the world. He lives in America. Right. Right. But he needs to put it. No. Yeah. But there, but it's the, and, and obviously not the people you're talking to, but they're attacking America. Okay. So yes, they don't, they live in America, but we, they were brought here. They weren't brought here. Their ancestors were brought here 200 years ago under a less than perfect circumstances, course, obviously. But the bottom line is they're better off because of it. Let's look at what Kanye West said, and, and I'm an old white guy trying to interpret a, a young black man. Slavery is mental. That's why he said today they're slaves. They don't, you know what? They Some of them don't want to get out. And I'm married to a black woman, and the interesting thing I find in talking to her, they don't like it when other blacks are su successful. They're less black. They then. find that as an affront. And they want to actually, those successful ones, I'm not talking about Kanye and those guys making, I'm talking about like the entrepreneur. Or Colin Powell or Condoleezza yeah. Rice. They, or... find, they find the guy that's owning the business as a sellout. He's a sellout, of course he is. And they're, they're hurting themselves. It's a mental attitude that they And they where did they learn that, though? I think they, they learned it from their parents because again, yeah, and their parents were taught poorly. So, so no, that's what let I'm me say no, no. Let's step back. I'm married mm -hmm. to a black woman who's very conservative, and she told me the worst thing that happened was desegregation, because the black teachers that were teaching the blacks, as Tom alluded to, they were they were doing better and becoming part of society. And, and again, the gestation period, we can argue whether it should have happened in ten years or, unfortunately, a hundred years, but it was happening. Because they demanded of those young men, those black male and females, that they achieve because they knew what was out there. And as soon as they went to white schools where the demand wasn't there, everything crumbled. There's so, an interesting analogy with Great Britain. And, and, and what's interesting about it is that it takes race out of the, out of the topic whatsoever. And it's not necessarily reparations. But I have to go back to the family and, and, and that the black family in the mid-century was just as solid as any other family. And regard, and that's in the middle of the travails that, that they were going through, especially in the Deep South. Once the government became involved in the 60s, it, I, I have to go back again and, and, and look at the damage that the war on poverty did uh, in destroying the black family. And, and the same thing happened in Britain to the white family. Because if if you notice, Britain now compared to 60s, Britain is a very 
very much a welfare state. And the, the, uh, their attempt to bring up the lower white class, the, the, the white poverty class, has had been a disaster. And you've seen the, the, the white lower class in Britain, the family has fallen apart in the exact same way that the black family in America. And it's identical. So it really has nothing to do with race. It's the way that we've approached and tried to fix the well, problem. Well, let's put it another way. It's when God was taken out. And well, it's, it, was, it was when the father was taken out. Well, but part of that is, again, we can argue what God, the father, is, is the father part of being God in the whole nine yards. But society started to crumble both with the whites and the blacks, but specifically the blacks because they were they were much more involved in, in, in religion and church. And so if, if I could jump in just to get back to the subject of reparation, yeah, and, 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 and this is a very broad subject and it elicits a lot of emotion uh, in, in all kinds of settings. And we can talk about uh, <clears throat> slavery itself. We can talk about poverty. We can talk about why uh, the, the pulling oneself by the bootstraps. We can talk about why uh, African-Americans that come here to, from other countries are able to be more successful by statistics. We can talk about all those things. But if we could focus in on the actual reparations co concept, which is being talked about today in the media, and in Congress, which is in half, if not more than half of the uh, candidates postulating themselves as candidates are saying that they will support it. So reparation. Now, we know we sent, just to recap, we sent you out to kind of ask some questions. I would go out on a limb and say that it's probably safe to say that you do hang out with different, uh, whether they're black or minorities, different people. And uh, it is surprising some of their answers. And by, by the way, I'm, I'm going to assume that some of you, those friends are indeed from other countries, but yet they're, they're, it they're was black. Mixed. It was mixed. Some were immigrant blacks. Some <clears throat> okay. were naturalized, you know, born in this country generation after generation. And, and uh, Frank, you mentioned a very interesting subject, which we can take on some other time. And that is the subject, why would a, a black person that feels like, like Mr. M says that they feel, do support um, black politicians that are constantly, uh, I mean, it, it, black or white. Politicians. Yes, that are, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, that are constantly putting them down and constantly putting them down or keeping them down by the policies. That by the policy, because espousing. saying they're inadequate indirectly, they're yes. saying they're inadequate. They can't get an ID, uh, on their own, even though you need an ID to get, uh, some drugs. Yes. We can't give them, have, uh, in state an ID to vote. So they're not capable. So just to stay on the subject of reparation, I I I know you asked. I don't know how many other questions you asked, but I would I'm I'm curious, and I want to ask you guys here today. the The biggest problem I see with reparations is that for the a, a most basic problem, and that is how in the world are we going to find who really is a descendant of a slave? Number one. Number one, number one. Uh, a second big problem that I'd like to know the answer to, and that is, uh, how would my let's let's assume for a moment that my ancestors had slaves. I am maybe let's say a hundred years removed from them, a hundred and fifty years removed from them. Okay, um, why would I? Why would someone show up at my door and say, "You owe you"? Mr. Rico, you owe money. You need to contribute money to repair the ills that your grand, great great grandfather 
did by by owning slaves. So I would I I got to say I don't know how to even begin to answer that question. I, you can't. It's so intellectually dishonest. It, it just is, and that's why the reason why I went to the family is because is because um, Mr. M. Uh, gave me some hope with his initial comments, and the reason well, why it's a non it's a not scientific survey that he did. So I don't know about that. Well, but but it, it, I I refuse to believe that people are so off the deep end as the media and the Democrats are portraying, and and I refuse to believe that. I mean, as bad as human nature is, and he just he just confirmed that. The reason why I focus so much on the family is, I do think this country created a grave sin, and it's not it's it's not and it's. Slavery, yeah, but where slavery has been a sin worldwide, and and it's ridiculous to talk about something that happened, uh, you know, that ended 170 years ago, in 1868, three years after the war. If Lincoln was still around and all of those slaves wanted reparations, I would have said, of course, absolutely, of course, you're entitled, and they should have come up with something uh, better. And and whether it be, you know, even Lincoln floated the idea of handing them all cash and sending them back to, to sending them back if they wanted to go back to Africa. All those things are all for that. To talk about it 178 years later is ridiculous because every one of us, we have Italian immigrants in this room, Irish immigrant uh, descendants. We have Cuban refugee descendants and Cuban re in this room. I mean, it's ridiculous to focus on this one thing. The reason why I focused on the family is because I firmly believe that the main issue in the last 60 years for blacks is not so much slavery, but the damage we did to them in the in the 60s. And that damage needs to be repaired. And that damage was making so many of them dependent upon the government. And so there's no incentive for them to succeed like a an African immigrant does today or a Haitian. All, all these, <clears throat> excuse me, other immigrants that come to this country and step over them because they see the opportunity and they grab it. We've removed that incentive, that financial incentive from them. That's the damage that we've done. That, I think, has to be repaired. And I'm fully uh, in agreement in talking about reparations from that standpoint. And it's not just uh, and, and so that the damage from the 60s to me, if you would just reverse that is get, uh, replace the incentive. That's the greater sin. I think that's the greater sin oh, because it's, no it's a sin that the government did. Government did, did not. Um, uh, slavery wasn't created by by the United you know the United States government. It was created by a government that doesn't exist anymore, by by people who don't exist anymore. <clears throat> it's ridiculous to hold us, hold us. But we did create a grave sin, whether it was intentional or not, in the '60s in keeping them down. They. All statistics show that that major progress was being made until then. So we need to reverse those policies. We need to give, and, and there's plenty of ways to do it, and I'm all for them. But, but what it all centers around is those policies from the 60s destroyed the black family. But let's go to what Rico said. Uh, let's take someone like Barack Obama. Does he get half of the compensation if, if, if because he's, he's not pure? Uh, Tiger Woods? He doesn't get any because he's not African American. No, no, that's what's up. Well, debate, but what I'm saying, debate. I'm just following up on, on Rico's statement. <clears throat> yeah. If if they if we're going to pay reparations, right? How does the formula work exactly? But no, I, I'm the not applying the formula. His father was born in Nigeria. He is not a descendant. Okay, of but slaves. who are you to decide that? 
Well, that's where that's, that's the whole point. That's the whole point. That's where it gets very. Sticky. That's no, where it gets sticky, and that's why to me it's so not even were, worth I, discussing. I can imagine a committee being put together but, by but here's, yeah. some government official. But here's, here's the, I refuse to go into that gutter. Yeah, because but here's, here's the flip side. But it's going to go. But here's the flip side of that. Not just who gets it. Who According pays to, it? That's it. According to what that's I another. read, about eighty to eighty-five percent of Americans at the time of slavery did not have slaves. Uh, it was eighty-five percent of people in the South. Well, no, I'm talking about America because no, no. because South. if you're talking about reparations, you're talking about the entire country paying. Right. So when you look at the people that owned slaves, it was only about fifteen percent, mostly in the South, as you're saying. I understand that, mm -hmm. but again, we're talking about the broad picture. So fifteen percent of the people owned slaves. Eighty-five percent didn't. So how are you going to come up with that fifteen percent exactly. to pay it? So exactly. that I think. Like Tom said, I don't even – that's a non-starter. I can't even go into that gutter. If you think that you can knock on someone's door and expect them to pay for uh, ancestor yeah, I, sin, I'm, I think that's I'm, a little bit ludicrous. That's but a, then to that point, the people – the friends that I interviewed, they said no one should be taxed because uh, to, to my friends that are immigrants that came here and they didn't have ancestors, they're like, I'm not paying that tax. <laughs> not because I don't believe in my you know brother's cause. But no, we can't be penalized today for the sin. They said, if anything, there should be an arrangement of funds that currently exist. So uh, the military gets X spending, maybe shave off here. Um, the uh, what's the other one? Uh, prison system gets paid X amount, shave off to put here. They don't believe in at least the people that I interviewed. I, I don't believe in that, a tax. But, but let's get get back to what you said. There's a disconnect between your friends and what they told you. And what the existing and I'm not really getting political. I think you're tying them to the politicians. Well, that's too. But closely. the problem is because oh, I don't think they're voting. No, your just, friends are great for the discussion. Reality is the politicians are going to impose what they decide. Sure, to. sure. So I'm and I and I'm glad your friend said that, and it's making but the I think discussion. That's a, his friends are an aberration. Yeah, but it's making. I don't it, think so. It's making. I it think more there's more than no. That. I think but I think Democrats. I think the, I think the politicians and the media are the aberration. I'm, I'm they gonna, are. They I'm, are not I conservative. I want to throw a curveball. I want to have the Lord. They have the Lord. Maybe that's the outlier. Yeah, okay. they love and God. that's that's a big outlier. But let me throw a curveball because we're talking reparations. I was against the money being paid to the to families of 9-11 because mm -hmm. to me that's a form of reparations. And I discussed it with Mr. M. And the reason why it bothered me because I've had friends who died in Vietnam and they really didn't get anything. And they, they died. I know it was volunteer. I understand the, the difference. Well, some of them volunteered. Some of them Uncle Sam said, I want you. And they had to go. Uh, but what did their families get? So that... That to me, the, the only difference that I can see, and I want feedback from here, is, again, I don't, I don't see the difference as far as my friends who died in the war, but I do see the difference as far as timing, like I said, a picture in time, where there you could pay the people who were related to the people that died. Correct me if I'm wrong, and, I, and this is kind of uh, off topic, but uh, since you asked the question. I, I, I'm under the impression that the money that was paid to the families of the 9-11 are, are more to the first responders no. that were subjected to People the asbestos. People who died, their families received money because one of my relatives from my first marriage he, received he, money from whom? From the fund. They, they had a fund. Right, but that was not the government. 
Some it was of a it was fund that was started, not the government. The government I, don't, did, I disagree. No I think tax dollars were given to the families of 9-11. That's now, not how I understood now, it, Tom. The, the debate I, yeah, today the is money for I the did. first responders because they were mistreated. They, they didn't recognize the signs no, no, of I'm, sickness I'm not trying to get there. I'm, I'm trying to get – all right. So if, but if, even if, there, if, if even I'm there wrong, you can compare first responders to guys in Vietnam as well. If and I'm yeah, wrong, then it wasn't reparations. But let's take another twist. Germany paid Israel. They did yeah. for reparations, and that's how they dealt. So with it. the question is: They also did it way sooner to the yes. event. Ah, exactly. that's the we, answer. Exactly. You know, I'm just throwing this out there because yeah. I want to stay on the topic. And there's no doubt that we missed the boat on that. They they back cited to, the back Japanese. To what Tom said, right? You know, yeah. we missed. But the you boat. can also make the argument that what the Germans, what Hitler did, was evil in its purest form. The slavery look to, to quote you to go back to what you said on the onset it, a look back in time a picture in time slavery and you mentioned it it was it was universal it was, universal. It was a status quo right or wrong I mean you can go back to the days of the Bible and the the, the Lord there, even there. during the Ten Commandments gave gave uh, during the time in the Exodus talked about how to treat your slave and how to release him free and how to respect his or property and his family and all that. So in other words, they were slaves even back then. What I don't I'm like, just bringing this up because these are the only two things that I know. I'm not a historian where I knew reparations were paid yeah. and trying to make an analogy to what, if there is an analogy or, or connection to what the reparations they're talking about now for black Americans. Well, you, the first word, the only thing I disagreed with what Mr. Emma said was the first thing when you talked about apology, that that's, that's, Who's left? There's nothing worse today. I mean, oh, the Internet is full of apologies, mm -hmm. right? You say something stupid, you apologize. How many of those apologies are? Yeah, no, are, those are empty. And, but to yeah. apologize. So how could and apology who? mean anything now? So actually, right? they said, again, they didn't believe in the monetary. They believed in pouring into a program. They said, you know what? One thing would make a difference. And they said that black people on the whole might not even admit it. Mm -hmm. But it would help them more than they realize. A official government statement, you know, from the president signed that notarizes and says, "Sorry, Congress has done it already." It was done in the nineties, I believe. Uh, but it's in still, many ways. In still, fact, to that point, I want to say, I want to say, and I wrote were four hundred thousand men from the north not enough? Yeah, yeah exactly. they said That's, you, you, you took know, the words out of my mouth. Not enough. I have. I can trace ancestry back to the back to the cemeteries of Antietam and Gettysburg. Irish who weren't even citizens themselves, yeah. who got off the boat, were handed a gun, a uniform, and were marched down south and died in the name of freeing the slaves. They said 300. they were tremendously thankful, but no, that doesn't. But again, the government, the last thing, so if I were an African-American, again, if I were, probably I wouldn't be nearly as educated. So education clearly is. And, and, That's all, very and important. the stupidity of all of this comes from people who don't know or un, or not educated. And I'm not talking about Africa. I'm talking about our politicians. Well, that's a, the, the, this conversation wouldn't get any more would wouldn't would only go downhill if we put uh, Cory Booker and and uh, and um, uh, Joe Biden and all these people on the table because they it, don't know a tenth of what yeah, they should. know. It feels about disingenuous. This. Uh, this the the way this has come into the zeitgeist and conversation yeah, because it's, it's an election. Like, yeah. look at even Bernie Sanders. He got you know stumped uh, at one of his speeches. Uh, I don't have a plan for that, and then has now started to yeah, we're creating a plan for reparations. No man, were you, if you weren't planning no, to do it, don't do it now free, just to get votes. It's just another free Tom, to your thing. point. Three hundred and sixty thousand. 222 northern soldiers yeah, were killed yeah, okay. were killed 
by the Confederate. Mm -hmm. Much more uh, from the Confederate were killed. But let's just hone in on the those Northern so soldiers, okay? So over 361,000 soldiers were killed. Isn't that, doesn't that speak to, is, shouldn't that be enough uh, uh, or uh uh, well, universal slavery is universal in the world. That is not. Find another uh, instance where that happened. Exactly. You know, everybody talks about Great Britain freeing the slaves thirty years before we did, but they and they had reparations. Who got the reparations? The people who owned the slaves. Oh, yeah. They true. were given the money for losing their property. For losing their property. Okay. Everybody points the property. Brain, but no, let's leave out half the right. facts, and and facts will kill you every time. And that's so, and in this situation. Facts just just destroy anything. That's why I don't want to get bogged down. So when down Cory Booker talks about reparation, and he's the one that brought it up. In fact, he's the one that brought the hearings in Congress most recently. So he's given it a lot more legs. It's nothing else. And so three hundred and sixty-one thousand soldiers dying. Why? How, how could we forget about that? That that isn't that enough to have said th that's how much it meant to us. Our very own president, who started uh, uh, the abolitionist movement. Uh, Lincoln, he was killed for for mm -hmm. having freed the slaves. So, uh, how can we forget that? How can it's, we forget? It's not that you, it's not that we forgot. It's that we stopped teaching. Well, true. it all comes down to true. that because they only know what they've been told, and they've been told that they've been dealt a poor hand. They didn't look at the cards. They didn't look who was dealing. They believed they, it sight unseen. They believed it sight unseen, and. As we, spoke about, now, yeah. as we which spoke is why, about, yeah. which is why I feel, uh, I believe, and, and maybe we should look into the stats about this. I believe if black Americans make up 15% of our population, okay, um, I believe that if they were to be polled, the great majority of them would side with, yes, I want reparations. I, I, so to me, the, the group that uh, Mr. M talked to, uh, it's an aberration. For, for the reasons that we've discussed. Now, I, I want to share also, I want to share, um, so, some conservative estimates have put the price of reparation at $3.3 trillion. 3.3, uh, I'm sorry, $10 trillion. I was thinking of the American economy. The American economy is approximately $3.3 .3 trillion. Conservative estimates have placed the reparation to uh, to $10 trillion. That, it's mind-boggling. How... How do we even begin if if we went yeah, but, down but there? You can't money. even talk about that without even knowing what form does reparations take. Yeah, well, exactly. Let's reform. put that aside. Reality is that the media is the message, so to speak. Today, it doesn't yes. matter what it costs. If it's a good soundbite, yes. if it gets them votes, yes. the logic that it will disrupt the economy doesn't matter. You know, to say everybody's entitled to, to Medicare and what it's going to cost... It's it's irrelevant what it costs because all they want to hear is yes. that I'm going to get medical. It's okay, in we're way. in debt to three trillion dollars, and you're going to put that right in with free college, uh, forgiveness of all student loans, and Medicare for all. This is the fourth ridiculous, ridiculous thing that they've come up with for this election. I mean, all four of them. It's just so it's it's great to say, and you say that that his friends are the aberration. Yeah, because. What's the problem? Again, we all go back to the same problem. Ignorance. Ignorance. If, the, if you put all these people in a room, not with me and you, but with, with Larry Elder and Thomas Sowell and Candace Owens and uh, 
uh, Walter Williams, and and I'll pick another 30 or 40 black Americans and let them talk about it. And maybe they'll listen to them. They're not going to listen to me. That's why I wanted to focus on just studying what other, other African-Americans had to say, because they're not going to listen to my opinion. Somebody out there is going to label me a racist. You know, that old saying, common sense is not common. It's, it's very true. Uh, when you think about the programs that we've put in place, none of them were designed to, again, create a foundation. Example, I had a business. Affirmative action was big at the time. I lost a major contract, mm -hmm. even though I was the low bid to a black company because it had to go to a minority. And that was great for him. The trouble is he went out of business a few years later. Because he wasn't because he couldn't handle it. Because it. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with going with what Mr. M said and saying to the blacks, however you want to say it, listen, we're going to give you an education on how to run a business. All right. We will pay for it for three years or four years, whatever it is. We'll give you the foundation. And then uh, two years after that to get your legs and to see what happens. And then after that, you're on your own. There, the well is dry. But make raise the water level so that ship is level with everybody else's ship. And I think that's what should happen. And then take it from there. Don't turn around and say, you know what? We're going to give you this. And, and a better example is, let's just say a, a young black man gets into college, a, a girl, I want to be politically correct, uh, based on the parameters that the school wants a certain percentage of minorities. First of all, it's going to be difficult for them to survive because they don't have the proper foundation. Second of all, even if they, they do survive, they're going to be probably a lower caliber because they, they don't have the basis. It would be better off to say, listen, do you want to go to school? We'll pay for you to go to a preschool or whatever technically it should be. We'll pay for two years, the society. And now you can apply to that school. Make the grade. You make the grade, you're in. You don't make the grade, you don't get in. There's no free lunch. But you've got to cut it off eventually. Like you said, you can't. What happens today, if the average person knew what the dropout rate, all right, anyone who's gone to a school, uh, you know, whether it be a trade school, a community college, any of these, and and half the class is is going for free. And guess who are the ones that are dropping out? Them. They have no skin in the game. So you can't have somebody go to school for a, a trade or to be a nurse or and then they, you know, they're two years in, they haven't put a nickel into it and they drop out. They got all the federal Frank, funds. Frank, since you said it, isn't affirmative action a form of reparation? It, sure it is. Yeah. Uh -huh. Sure it is. And it and doesn't yeah, work. But exactly. it, didn't, it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. Not but, only that, it harmed people. Like he said, losing his job, losing a job. All right. What about my kid? And I'm suffering now from a, a um, negative affirmative action, having Asian children. There's Asian children that then, who are being blocked out of schools because of affirmative action. Because, I'm, you know, if you if you just judge students without their name or their race on the merit on paper, then, you know, 80% of, of um, Ivy League schools would be Asian. So, you know, there's actually a lawsuit against Harvard now. Yeah. So affirmative action. What about the poor kid who spent studied his whole life, did nothing wrong, and he's being not, you know, he's perfect. I don't want to say Harvard material because I'm not sure Harvard is what it used to be. He's perfect Ivy League material, but he doesn't get in because. So, because so that raises the question, why is this affirmative action 
basically uh, for blacks. As we mentioned, um, some whites were discriminated against, whether it was Italian, Irish, the Chinese that built the railroad, the Nisi, the uh, Japanese that were interned here in America. We'll go back to the family. So the question is, is it now because it's a political situation and it's and it's raising its head because they're getting some mileage out of it, or is it because the kids don't know? I think it's both. That's an yeah. excellent point. So the Japanese, to speak specifically about a group that were interned, that are became Americans and are here. Uh, how much do you hear about Japanese ghettos? Japanese um, not making it. Uh, I mean, I think it's uh, safe to say that that's a group or a class that is extremely successful. It's a culture. It's a culture. And uh, do you see fatherless families in that group? Much no. less. No, Much less. That, that example we, we makes used me... To, we used to joke about who was playing stickball, right? You're playing stickball. <laughs> Who's playing stickball? And yeah. who wasn't there? The, the Jewish kids weren't playing yeah, a lot the of Itali- stickball. The Italians were playing stickball. Yeah, the, the Jewish kids were <laughs> all the home. They were all well, home studying. Well, some of the Irish. <laughs> taking, they were all home, you know, take, taking piano lessons. And so they went from the poorest people on the Lower East Side when, when blue, you know. So then it, really it makes me feel that, to Tom's earlier point, desegregation was the sin we should be addressing. That we, we messed up the ju- not so much That's desegregation so much, for me, but but breaking but up the, uh, the go, black government family. involvement. That, yeah, government involvement. We messed up their trajectory T- yeah, tangentially. I mean, yes. I don't. I, I really don't think could it, it have happened faster. Yeah, I, I really don't think it was. Eighty percent of me thinks it wasn't done purposely. But I remember a no, quote no, yeah. I read from Johnson after he had this great society <laughs> passed. I don't know, I know if you what heard you're it. Say. Uh, yeah. Now I'll have their vote for 200 years. Exactly. If you, meaning, yeah, yeah, the, meaning yeah. it wasn't done to help them. No. It was done to... For political gain. For political In gain. In fact, the new... Which, which the is new, the game. The new, the new Democrat strategy at the time was, well, if we're going to let blacks vote, they might as well vote Democrat. Right. Yeah, because up until then, the exactly. Democrats, whether most people know it or not, were the ones who were the racist. There's two ways to approach Much more than the Republicans. That's another subject for another day, which I would love to talk about. Tune in next week. Yeah. <laughs> There's two ways to approach. There's a right way and a wrong way. If you're going to talk about, and, and I, again, my I'm all for fixing the, the mistakes of the 60s. One is to just hand out money and it doesn't create wealth. It just transfers wealth from from me or you to somebody else. Or you do what every other immigrant did. The Irish, when they came and they were dirt poor, the Italians, the Jews, the Russians, is help them to create wealth, not not take it from somebody else. Incidentally, if we're going to go after people to pay, because we're going to need to find people that are going to pay, and if it's going to be a, by way of a tax, so be it. it but can't, it can't but be suppose then, uh, are we going to go after the people that sold the very b- black companies in abroad that sold the, the slaves to us? Yeah, it wasn't just whites. Exactly. You know, no, there's no way you can track down every single person but and again, tax them. But again, we have to make a distinction between the empirical thoughts that we're tossing around here to what the politicians are proposing. Sure, and They're the politicians are a... all full of it. If you, I are. think if you even ask yeah, but... a black who is not educated and is not my friend and you know isn't the opposite of who I talk mm-hmm. to, 
And if you really broke it down the way we are, do you think everyone should be paid? To, no, I don't think. Do you think, okay, your family, you were immigrants. You weren't uh, naturally born. You should pay a tax. Uh, no, I'm not. No, no tax. You know what? They think that, but they'll still take the check. It doesn't matter how they think, you know, and, and then we should be talking about, even though it's great intellectually, I won't be considered in that group, but intellectually to talk about it, it's reality you have to talk about. And the reality is, even though no one has put an exact plan together, they're looking to take someone's pound of flesh to give it to someone else to get a vote. It'll never that, pass. It's all it's Well, because thank God we're going to talk about the electoral college. Thank God there's a house and a senate. Uh, you know, but well, we're not concerned about that. We're but, concerned more about an election. Yeah, but here's the thing. I mean, What's happening today doesn't mean it won't come tomorrow because the foundation's being laid. And again, again, we're biased here. I'm talking about my grandkids. So I don't want to talk about anybody else's. They don't know the history as well as they should. So now the foundation is this, and you know the next generation is hearing this, and they're not finding out the truth either, because they're going to build upon a false foundation, and it only replicates itself to where eventually, just like they say, the Holocaust will be forgotten when there's not enough people to talk about it, who remember it, this is going to become part of, oh yeah, the white men put us down and we deserve everything. You know, I grew up in, in, in one of the most orthodox Jewish neighborhoods in the world. And I can't tell you the hundreds of Auschwitz and Birkenau and Buchenwald survivors that I knew with, you know, tattoos. with the tattoos. I even bought a business from from Auschwitz survivors. Not a peep. They came back, you know, they came to this country and they just put their heads down and and kicked ass, you know. And if you can compare anything to them, you know, and that was only 50 years ago. They went, not only did they kick ass, they went and they, and they formed their own country. Right? One of the most respectable countries. I honestly think countries. that if in the next election, God forbid, but <laughs> that the Senate went Democrat, the House remained Democrat, and we got a, a Democratic uh, elected uh, president, that this subject would not even be brought up. I don't think that the Democrats themselves, because of the uh, special interest groups, the people that fund them, right. They would not. They're not going to put up. They're not going to be put up for uh, a reparations movement. I think this. This is a like you said, Frank. This is a political issue, and it's interesting that the person that brought it up as hearings, um, Cory Booker, he's not even going to be on he, the ticket. <laughs> he is college educated. He's an attorney. Okay, he's a Rhodes Scholar. His parents are well educated, so he's had a a a, a life of uh, as they say of. Uh, success and a, pr a privileged life. Um, so it, it's, it's perhaps a fair question to ask, how were you able to do it? Huh. So, but, yeah, but, but there's, a, there's a definite disconnect when you look at the people who supported Nazi Germany, both inside and, and the uh, elite in America who supported them. It's often the educated people mm -hmm. and the elite who support activities such as this or even Nazism. I don't know the answer to that, maybe because, as you said, they, they get disenfranchised, or it, it, it's, it's, not, it's not the middle class that's supporting this. All right, look, again. Uh, I don't think, I just based upon what Mr. M said early on, and I have to believe it, I don't live an insulated life. 
I, I, I bounce all over the place. I don't know anybody who's, who's for reparations. The only place I don't go is into real, the real Well, for, reparation, for reparations as a tax, for reparations a monetary as handout. A, uh, because of the evil white man and that we should have handing everybody a check. So, yes. Mr. M, was there anyone in your group, uh, two things, two, I'd like to know anyone in your group that was for it, number one. Number two, did you hear any, uh, I'd like to hear some really solid arguments for it. They were all for it in the sense that, yes, it would be wonderful to pour back into the black community. None of them were for it if it's a tax. None of them were for it as a monetary handout. And that's, that's you know. So what yeah. there is, they're looking for the current, um, I'm going to say cash flow, because cash flow represents different programs, whether it's food stamps, Section 8 HUD, yada, yada, yada. Uh they're looking for that to be reformulated. That could that, be a version if, of it. If if you took that and reformulated it as as I said to educate them or pre-educate them if, if they if they can't make the grade or or pre-teach them how to be businessmen or I don't care. If I want, think they would all love if the they want to be idea. nurses. Great, you know we'll we'll pay extra for you to go nursing school. But with, at least for me, there's a point where it's you got to earn a cutoff. Yeah, it's a you know, slope. They so, they were all. Uh, um, Interested in uh, so, the potential but, of a college fund so, as well. Yeah. And, and truthfully, again, superficially, real quickly, I would support reparations in that form of taking the existing cash flow and restructuring it logically to, again, with the Bible, oh. teach, them, teach them the fish. Yes. Why would they... the Irish that were here were subjugated and put through hell uh, in, the, in, in certain communities? Why wouldn't they then come up and say, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute, well, what the, about me? Here's the difference. In, or the Jewish and, people and Tom, or any other Tom country. Tom years where those people No, it's, 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 I don't think matter. it's the years. Tom pointed it out. Well, we, was de it? we destroyed them with the great society. If we didn't have the great society, I agree with Tom. We might not have on, this discussion. On the projection that it was going, might have been not as quick as some wanted. Okay, but then what? I, then we then still meddled what about even a, after the fact. Uh, what about a conservative who did not vote for the Great Society? Why should they be made to pay? But they're not being no, made I'm, to pay. I'm. We're talking about a different. I'm not saying I'm against in the form no, he, that Mr. M and I are about, talking uh, about. I'm talking about the current cash flow, whatever ever allocated. And I don't know what it making is. Making it a part of, of welfare reform. Out of my taxes. No, it's, but it's already coming you, out of Making your it a part of welfare reform. In other reform. words, if, if all welfare programs, Section well, 8, HUD, food stamps, whatever there is, let's say that totals $1 billion. I'm for <laughs> reparations. If you want to take that $1 billion and look at it logically as a businessman would, I want to train you to go to school. You don't have the grades. I will pay for preschool for two years. But if you don't pass, you're done. But that that it, assumes that you're going to take money from one program and put into another. Those other programs will be gone. They but they also there's you know, what he's saying is making the, it part of welfare reform. Not just welfare, not gonna, but also it's they, not going to happen. They mentioned well, I didn't say it's going to happen. We're talking well, about it's how not going to happen. Years. Just like the immigrant. Six years ago, when the Democrats controlled both houses of Congress and the presidency, they did nothing to fix yeah. the immigration problem. Right. Okay, just as as they're not going to do anything that we he says. Why? Who did because if you blacks. create the problem, right. but you know it, what's interesting? They realized that Obama didn't do all he could. Uh, yeah, but a lot of them are. You know what? You know he was yeah, why? not the white knight he? that but, we thought but, he was. But you know what? I think they realize it, but they don't want to realize it in the sense that they're going to say that in general out. Well, Kanye West realized it. Is that the why didn't he? 
Now, why didn't they fix the immigration? Because if they fix the problem, they lose the constituency. You know that old. They that lose old, the victims, yeah, and if you lose the victims, sub- okay, yeah. and and if you the Democrats are terrified of losing that fifteen percent of it, it, it if comes, they lose the black they're vote, growing. they're yeah, done. They're not and growing. if you fix the black problem, yeah. the Democrats are done. done. They have but, no interest. But in it fixing also the comes problem. down to pox on both your houses. The Democrats want to keep the blacks tied to them, and the Republicans want to have. To some extent, um, people who work cheap for their businesses, because in general, Republicans own. I mean, businesses. it's safe to say, aside from Lincoln, who freed the slaves, what other president has done more for blacks in terms of tr- true, real economic boom? Well, you, you, you got to say we're doing a pretty good job now uh, with unemployment. Exactly, Hispanic unemployment, unemployment. It is lo- it is the lowest. That it's ever been it's ever been in the history of the United States. Well, you didn't hear blacks. that on ABC News. No, sure but that's that. that's the problem. You're talking about facts, and we're dealing in the real world with emotions. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm part of a black family. I am the outlier who and my wife who supports Trump. Forget it's Trump. Let's say conservative. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is completely opposite. And when I ask him for facts, there's none. They, they can't produce any. facts. Not a single one. But it's 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 as you hear. We don't want Trump. Why? Give me. How did me he hurt reason. you? How was he a fascist? They they don't, don't even know what the word means. Yeah, they just need all they need to know that the stars, the news says he's this, that, and this, and they follow. Well, look, look at the photo. But we're getting I mean, off we're getting the topic. Off, but so is is on the on the on the face on its face on the merits. Repara- it's reparations even remotely possible? Never mind where you fall on it on the political spectrum. I'm talking about the practical aspect of it. Uh, is it is it even remotely feasible? Not in the no, way it's being if discussed. If we're talking now. about no. monetary reparation. No. No, not in the way it's being discussed. No. Not in the way so, it's being so, discussed. So um it's okay to be talking about it. It's okay that it that it, and I think I agree that it's in the news because it's a uh it's a topic that it's going to get them. Perhaps they're they're aiming for the black vote. Vote now in the primaries. Once the after the primaries, everybody goes to the center because America it's a, uh, a right center country, and so that that's what I think is going to happen. So we're talking about it now, but uh, I think logically, morally, uh, intellectually, practically, it it's it's uh, it's not feasible. No. But not, not feasible either. in the way it's being presented in the way it's today. Being presented. Well, there is a solution. There is a variant of it. A okay, but I'm going to challenge that. Let's assume that it goes the way that you and, and uh, Frank were talking about. Let's assume that it's not money, but it's perhaps reallocating a, a funds of some pulling sort, pulling from welfare, mm-hmm. pulling from prisons, right. pulling from right. M- M- money still has to come from somewhere, and but it's, it's going to be. But it's already, already there. No, 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 no. That's baloney. That is baloney because you cannot take candy away from a kid. And if you take money away from an existing program, you create a void. Now, over over pre- perhaps a decade, you can uh, do away with a program, a federal program. I'm not saying that, they totally – what they really yeah, should you, do is probably pull from you're gonna shift military money from, and prison exactly. first. Well, you do what then, Arkansas Wait, wait, did. wait. But you're assuming that we're okay with that. I know you're not okay with that. No, no, I'm not me. The whole, the, the greatest. Listen, well, it's the only. Here's, it's, here's where you get it, but the, nobody you give something. Here's where you'll get it, but nobody will want to do it. All right, I've owned businesses. Rico has owned a business and managed business. Tom owns a business. All you have to do is put efficiency into the government, which 
let alone is difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You will find more than enough money to support whatever you want to do. Well, that's, the problem you know, is you nobody wants to do it. Yes. And, and here's a good example, not just efficiency. I don't know if you saw it. It, it was on Tuesday. No, a Thursday's news. There's a millionaire in Texas who applied for food stamps and was approved. When he went to Congress and he went to his congressman and told him, they almost laughed at him. Not that he was getting food stamps, that he wanted to change the program. All right? Mm -hmm. They don't want to look at where the waste is. I had my identity taken and someone, I actually had one year where the government owed me money. It was, it was where. <laughs> but I was, I was going to get a refund. All right? And I filed my taxes and someone already had, had taken it forget what went through to, to resolve it. But here's the thing I found interesting. I asked the person I spoke to at the IRS, are you going to tell me how this gets resolved? He said, what do you mean? I said, I want to know how they got it and how you're going to prevent it in the future. He said, we don't even do that. I said, what do you mean you don't do that? He said, it's not worth our time. We just write it off. Now, if I had a business and it wasn't that much money, I think it was about 5000 I guess that is money, $5,000, okay? But how many people get their ident identity taken? But you know what, to them, because they work for the government, it's immaterial. Mm -hmm. But you put a businessman like Trump or one of my ideas is get retired people to head these companies who aren't doing anything, and they run it like a company, you'll find a lot of money. So my, I wanted to finish up a point that I, you were, I was making. So forget about monetary reparations. Let's assume that it's a program. Somebody, whether it's a group, it, it's going to balk at that and say, wait a minute, what about this other thing? Uh, in fact, the Na American Indian, Indians could come up and say, wait a minute, I know you've allowed us to have our own casinos and you don't mess with our deals. We have our own reservations. We are our own police and all that. But what? A, wait a minute. How about reparations? Because you didn't pay us enough and you came into this country that we were already in first. So that's just but one example. My know, point know, is, but I think no matter what program we come up with, there's going to be an argument against it because of the principle behind it. The whole point I want to make is that it's just ridiculous. To, to ridiculous. I don't think because it's ridiculous. Because I keep, I keep going back to the point in time of when it happened. It's just like fashion. It was fashionable to wear the bell bottoms. It's not fashionable fashionable today. So if that were a sin back then, Frank, you're wearing bell bottoms. No, I used to. <laughs> if, it's, if that were to be a sin, uh, my answer would be, but wait a minute, that was cool back then, not Again, now. Though, Tom Th that's, why, that's why I would forget that whole argument and go back to the sin that that we did commit. We basically put the African Americans okay. on crack. But you're saying we and the not, American we, government, was, the United was, States exactly. government 50 years ago. The, it was the uh, the, uh, the the US government. Wait, and we and and me and you no, are no, still paying no, for it. I disagree I couldn't disagree more and I'm going to say I'm going to bring it up by this. You tell me you'll recognize this quote. Mm -hmm. Okay? This happened in front of Congress. Mm -hmm. I used to be a Democrat until I did my history and found out that the misery that the party brought to my race, slavery, KKK, Jim Crow, killed over 40% of our black babies, 20 million of them. How about Democrats pay for all the misery brought to my race? Mm -hmm. My point is, who passed the great society? Let the Democratic Party pay the They didn't pass it.
they needed the Republicans. They, the Republicans, bring it over pa- the line. The Republicans passed it also. They, no, my, no, because no. My the Democrats point were against. They were in control. They were in control. Yes, of course they needed some. The, uh, but it's still the United States government but, as a whole. But I agree it was, with Tom. I mean, it's, it's the Democrats. Okay, you know, Dem- it, there you're talking about Democrats, I, I, North, South, East, I, I, and West. Now I'm, I'm and, curious. And they, were, they were controlling the politics. But we yeah, put but, them on crack, which is welfare. Yeah. And, and it's no different than crack. How do you go to a, a young black mother who's getting X amount a month, getting $800 a month, and tell her, go get a job at McDonald's. She gets the job at McDonald's, loses the $800 a month, now works fifty hours a week for a thousand dollars a month. How do you get it? How do you, you how do you fix that? To, to go to what and then Rico, you don't uh, give her her food stamps way, and everything else. To go, to, it to, can be done. Wait a minute. To go you, what you, you said, you Rico. That, you know whose quote that was? No, that was uh, Burgess Owens in mm-hmm. front of the committee brought up by uh, Curry Booker. Mm-hmm. I I I understand. No, uh, Burgess Owens, Burgess the great Owens. basketball. Oh, the, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying, but I agree with Tom. You cannot. <laughs> have laws that are passed and say which, because uh, we're basically a two-party system, which party supported it the most so they're responsible because it's the they're all part of the U.S. government. Yeah, And it's Democrats in every state. That's the way this country works. We all take yeah. responsibility. But but to go for who was put in order, we can't. Now you're getting down to blaming political political yeah, parties, no, which of course I, I want to do, and I agree 100. percent To go with what Tom said, it is illogical to to put someone who's getting X amount of dollars, and I can relate to it because I rate the rent the people who are on uh, Section Eight, to have a program that actually pays them or gives them the equivalent of more than what they can make out in uh, society. There is no. Um, with no accountability, even. yeah, not just no accountability. There's, there's, there's no um, force. What's the word I'm looking for to get them to change? Incentive. There's no incentive. That's right. What is the incentive for them to get a job? It, the incentive. There's it no has incentive. To be, you got to pull the rug. Arkansas did it. No one's talking about Arkansas. Arkansas totally revamped their food stamps, and it's been an incredible success. I don't know how many. Uh, a couple hundred thousand people have been taken off of the rolls because of a work requirement, and it's working. So it can be done, but you know, it's so not going to happen. I'm curious, Rico. Um, can you, if you could, you know, we don't we don't have to use this, but I'm curious. Why don't you agree with reparations? What is the the moral uh, leaning that you're having? What is informing you? Why do you think even in? I don't, I don't, I don't, let's get away from the word reparations. No one disagrees with it more than me. I'm just talking about the. But in the nice version that I explained, that's reparations. It's no, it's it's basically welfare reform, is what it is. Yeah, but it's it's, it's welfare reform. It's welfare reform placating their desire to it's have welfare reparations. Reform, welfare reform will do ten times. Welfare any, is just half. But if it's truly uh, reparations, it's no. This is intentionally to help black people. Does that make sense? That, like welfare, it We've helps already everyone. established that the American government has done more or damage, more right. and well, has attempted to do more the sword to repair. Cuts both ways, they tried to do more than right, and than he has failed miserably. Three well, because uh, but I don't money. Know if they tried, it's what was the statement you just? What do you mean? You, you don't know if they, they tried? Whether they tried? Uh, you with, how with many intention. trillions of dollars did you say? Intention. If they're going to vote, if we're going to let them vote, at least they'll let's make sure they vote Democrat. For the next okay. 200 years, that, yes. That's not good intentions. How much, how much money have we spent on the Great Society and the $30 trillion. 30? 
uh, all between 25 and 30 okay. trillion. For, right. for and people who don't, who don't, who aren't aware, can you define uh, the Great Society? Can you explain that more in more the, detail? The, all wrapped up in the civil rights legislation, 64, 65, 66. And, and, and who oppose? Uh, okay. This is the, the whole context. There's a greater context. When I say that if we're going to pay reparations, let it be the Democrats, okay? There, there's a whole context, and, and we don't have time to talk about it, but to your point right now, who opposed uh, the civil rights? Well, the Democrats. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, who started the Civil War? Mm-hmm. All right. Who, who, who started Jim Crow laws? Who, 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 or the Klan. And who started the Klan? The Democrats. But again, a pox on both your houses. It, you know, you cannot say, let's have a mother and father who have a child. You're going to blame the father for some of the stuff, but they're responsible well, the, as parents. The Civil War wasn't started, and in, in, in you can't say it was voted on. A, the difference between what went on in the 60s, as much as, as it was a, a disgusting, and a lot of it was, you know, the Democrats, it was still our president and, and, and our Congress. It was our country, and we, you know, as I know a patriot, I stand country, by. But, but the the people that are talking about reparations right now are the Democrats, right. and and there's a laundry list, just like uh, Mr. Owen said. Um, well, there's uh, no question; they're the sinners. They are. They are. They perpetuated. You no, know, I don't. A fact that I didn't know was that after right after the Civil War, the the Union Army remained in the South, mm-hmm. and they were basically the police, right. and they were here for quite a long time. Soon after they exactly to allow Reconstruction, and the little of the little of reconstruction that took hold was because of the union army now what happened when they left well that's when that's what happened when, exactly all the all the lynchings the clansmen uh and uh, in fact in fact during uh reconstruction uh, 22 uh, the, the first the first uh, black elected to congress was a republican thereafter 22 the first Democrat black person that was elected to Congress was in the 1930s. Yeah. But here's the problem. You're conflicting facts with emotions. <laughs> and I said this once before. I had this in my office because everybody would talk about my customers, my workers. One's perception, whether it's based on true or not, is that person's reality. Right. So right now, they're, they're spewing enough to make the facts not relevant. Well, that's it's, you, what you're saying is entirely correct, and it's why I have no faith that anything that's going to be proposed is going to work, because they're going to follow the same the agenda, which is not to cure the problem. They're no better than they were back then. They're putting this like this. They're not, they're not going to come up with a solution. Certainly not the Democrats are not going to come up with a solution that's going to fix the problem. They're going to come up with a solution that's going to look good enough to the African-Americans to get their vote. And if that means handing them a $10,000 check, then then that's what I mean. They're not going to go to uh, talk uh, logically about anything that me and Mr. Emma are talking about. They won't do it because that will solve the problem. And there goes their constituency. They, they, everything they're trying to propose now that Cory Booker and everyone and and uh, Bernie Sanders and all of them are proposing is just as evil as anything yeah. that they did prior. They don't want an educated electorate. Because they're keeping electric. them enslaved. They, an, gonna, an educated electorate is there, is poison Absolutely. to them. Yeah. You know, the, during the Reconstruction, so desegregation was beginning, had a chance. Let's say, let's say, had a chance. Who reinstituted it? Who went against it after it was already done with? Woodrow Wilson. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. A Democrat. Oh, no, he was a, no, it's, it's, he's a, a Democrat disgrace. reinstated it. Disgrace. Because it was felt as a platform for the party that he was in their best interest. And that's around the time that the Klansmen started. Now, the, the, Klans, the Klansmen were, were started by a Democrat uh, with the support of the Democrats to support the Jim Crow laws and to make sure, because you know why? Right after the Civil War, uh, re- Republicans took hold of a majority of, the, of Congress. But little by little, the Democrats began to win and win and win, and that's when they took hold. And a lot of the uh, a lot of the uh, the lynchings took place during that time, when they were opposing uh, uh, desegrega- uh, desegregation. So, b- back to your question, Mr. M. So you asked, what is the basic? Uh, actually, go ahead and ask it. I'm I'm curious, Rico. What is your uh, your dislike what is your moral leaning why do you not think any version of reparations could work okay well i have to start by saying that on on i'm on i try to be always very logical and in my mind i can't wrap my brain around the fact that a it's it's not doable but me and tom discussed a different but approach. i already gave you why even that approach is not doable because it's a slippery slope to any kind of argument from any group, any interest that's going to say, what about me? But you want to make the Democrats pay for it. So, well, no, be, no, you're you know, forcing like, me into. No, well, so what you do no, no. is you slide it the same way. Uh, 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 welfare is not just for blacks. The, 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 you have to shift it from reparations to blacks to poverty reform. And then you remove that. Because the problem with the blacks is, is the family and, and welfare and and everything else tied but to the, that. But wait so a minute. But even that just... has a flaw, Tom, because there there is no poverty reform to speak of for the Japanese that were, were interned. That was a different ill, a different harm that was done to them. Okay, we did not create a, a whole slew of of poor Japanese as a result of being interned. We created psychological. We created shameful, especially from the Asian culture. So how do you repair that? I and disagree. they could very well come up and say, hey, what about us? We did, well, we this did is, create a this poor society. This is why money we, is not... We did is, create a poor society of the Japanese. We took all their possessions. They started back at scratch. It, it, it didn't last but a second. Yeah, but why, how, didn't but, last, yeah, but why did they respond? It didn't last why did they of recover? the cultural difference. Exactly, exactly. So, and that's it. To stay on point, my point is, is that no matter what the argument is, program or otherwise, uh, to answer your question, I don't think it's doable. That's number one. So... In order for me to then go into the next argument, whether it's moral, whether it's anything else, I can't. I can't because if it's not doable, end of story, next subject. Okay, if something has to pass, though, wouldn't you want to align yourself with the logical plan? I can't uh, even get than, past the has to pass. And where the weakness, where I sense that where I will agree with him to one extent, and the weakness is nothing is going to pass that requires any kind of um input or change in in african americans in other words we've seen japanese americans we've seen so many different cultures get beaten down to a pulp and they've all their culture has risen them up the chinese you want to talk about atrocities talk about the chinese in world war 2 okay you want to talk about uh uh, uh armenians in, in in the ottoman empire and in turkey mm. why is it and this is a question that I'm not going to try to ask because I'm going to cross that line and immediately, very innocently, I'm going to be called a racist. 
And that is what separates their, what is their inability to, to not overcome these obstacles that every other culture has been able to overcome. And their answer is slavery is unique. And our answer is no, it's not. I don't even think they think it's slavery is unique. I think they, or the black condition is unique. I'd say they think it's the systems put in place. They, the structure is not in their favor. But you think they're talking about the same failures that I'm talking about? I'll agree about the sixties. I want to, I take it out of any other decade and I'll, and I'll disagree. And so the only way I you're going to repair I, this, you can put all the money you want into schools. Okay. You can provide all the small business loans. I'm not going to hand anybody a nickel. I'll do all the small business loans interest free. You want because you got to pay those back and there's an incentive there. But unless you repair the, the, the center of the black culture, which is the family, they're all going to fall flat on their face. Just like, just like anything else. Look, because what's, what it, good it, is it comes down to their mentality. They, they have a defeatist mentality. They have a victim that, mentality. A victim mentality. And the question is, why is that? Most it's, person, partly, it's partly, it's, it's learned, partly it's due, taught. it's partly due to the destruction yes. of the family, as Tom alluded to. I can to. agree with that. But it's also partially due to the laws we pass that make them believe that they are incapable of doing it without the assistance of the government. And reality is no other group received that, and they had to pull themselves up. And, and they they become they became used to the assistance. So, so and do it's you become f- mental to them that they they it's, deserve it and need it. Do you feel wanna... that we let them go, and then we meddled, and then we overcorrected, and now that they're we've coddled them too much? Do you feel I, that's, that's my opinion? Well, it's not so much I, coddling. I wanna, is that I is use that coddling mean, as a generic term? He didn't mean that. I, I want to make but, two uh, points. Everyone here on the table knows that I'm Cuban born, and I lived under the worst part of the revolution. Everything was taken away from us. Everything, everything. We got out. Thank God that we were able to get out. We made it here. I don't have a victim mentality. My father did not have a victim mentality. But you had faith. You had I God. had faith. Uh, right. We, he lost everything. He lost a lot more. I always think if someone came to me and said, tomorrow you're going to a foreign country with six kids. I don't know if I could do that. But anyways, he did that. But that's not the point I want to make. The point I want to make is that it would be ridiculous for me now to think that I can go back to Cuba and claim the properties and the possessions that my father had. But okay, I, I got to stop you. No, no, no. You, wait, let me finish my point. It, it, it's ridiculous for me because it's been generation, a whole generation. A gen, it, it, the Bible says that a generation is forty years. More than a, a generation has passed, and my property probably has been passed and handed down to, or the property that my father owned. It would be ridiculous. There would be bloodshed if I go in there now to try to claim that. Number so that's a point number one. Point number two, I want to bring a biblical perspective. So when Jesus hung on the cross, all right, and he was in pain and couldn't believe what the people had done to him, plucked his beard, put a crown of thorns, uh, uh, stabbed him, deprived him of, of water and food and hung on the cross for all that long of time. He looked down and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. OK, so I equate that to Father, forgive the people that did such terrible things, whether by tradition or by default or whatever, or ill intent, meaning the slave owners, okay, that went that and participated and were, were, were uh, participants in that trade, along with other black countries. Uh, 
but Father, forgive them, for they not they know not what they're doing. But there's redemption. And yes, I like to say, I like to think that my family, my descendants, whether even if I was not born here, but let's say uh, you, Frank, that his descendants uh, that were that that uh, he was born here, he's been redeemed. He's capable of being redeemed by our Creator. And there's not a bone, not a not not anything, not not a scintilla of of racism or anything that could be tied back to the ill intentions of perhaps uh, several generations removed that own slave slaves. So those are two points that I cannot get away. I, I cannot go past the, the point that it is inconceivable first because it's not doable, it's not practical, and that prevents me. But if you force me to go and think about additional reasons, are those two other reasons? Okay, and I have uh, not counterpoints because I'm not trying to prove you wrong, but to the Yes, it would be ludicrous for you to go back to Cuba. These people are not going back to Africa. They're having to deal with it here in America. They're going back in time the to place the, where they, the place, Hold on. The place where they were enslaved is the place where they're still living. Yeah. So that I, – I don't think you can compare you going back to Cuba and your mistreatment to their mistreatment. So and compare, uh, comparing pain Excuse never you know, makes out that, well. Uh, you're in a position to talk about that. I lived it. I know you did, but I'm saying I don't think you can compare. Again, you left Cuba. You escaped. You're a victor. Right. Also, also, I'm using you have a metaphor a, to say that yes, I left. But also, but you have a different perspective. Are, I'm only one generation removed from from uh, communism. But I'm talking about that. In essence, metaphorically, I'm saying that they have left that by virtue of the fact that 200 years have passed. That's uh, sure. Uh, perhaps a poor analogy. I, I'll admit to that. No, my and, point... no, because you, you're right. And and but you know, and I'm very hesitant to go there because I don't want to single out a culture. But, but they only the have only... one perspective. They've been here. He yes, escaped and, Cuba. And, and, he they... knows worse. Right. So but America's they, but way they better. won't listen. They won't listen to the facts. They're only listening to what of they want to hear. Of course, I'm not going to debate right? that. They're not listening to the statistic that. But they only have one, one so, so, you know, line you know, of information you know, to look at. you're still at. living Mr. in the best Rico country has in the world. Experiences. Mr. M, the similarities in this perhaps poor analogy is, is that I was freed. So were they. And I did something with it. But you came to the despite, land of milk and honey. Despite the odds. Uh, so their, their disaster is their that, land that of milk and honey. My no, success, it's, but it's not a disaster. That didn't guarantee my success. I had to put my own energy and thought and, and hard labor, hard, hard work into it. They left. They were freed. And I didn't get a hand up. I didn't get a social program. I know you didn't. I know okay? you didn't. And believe me, I, I'm I didn't of get, that mentality. But the, I, I don't know that you can compare it completely. And then separately to your point of, of faith... Now, that is something that I lean on and, and run to, but unfortunately, not everyone is brought up that way and calls on God for strength and, and can have forgiveness. To, to, so to expect that people who don't have God in their life are going to have forgiveness for a past that hurt? That was my perspective. I, was, I wasn't assigning that Got to it, everybody. Okay. I was just giving you my perspective. You asked me a direct question, and I said my perspective, the second point that I made from a biblical point of view. Uh, but back to the first one, I I happened, the more I think about it, the more similarities I think that there are in the fact that I was freed, I did something with it, and nobody gave me a hand up. Uh, and, and, you know, and just like the, the Jim Crow laws, I lived in a state, in a part of the country where there was a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, prejudice, and I, I endured it. And even as a Hispanic today, there is prejudice. But, hey, sure, I look past that, and, and I laugh about but, it. 
But there, and there's also is there also is somewhat of a you, you know look at yourself okay you are the son of a of a Cuban refugee and look at yourself imagine you assigning blame you not your father wanting reparations for what happened to him of course first of all I, I would never consider it the other thing <laughs> is 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 there's two what bothers me is I'm willing to fix the stuff that's been done in my lifetime. To, to, and not so much fix, but to obviously what's been done isn't working Didn't work yet. for poverty. So let's fix the poverty situation sit, since it, for whatever reason, and I'm not going to go into it personally, I believe a lot of it is cultural, is that it, it seems to affect blacks a lot more. And I, you know, I can talk about the family argument all you want. But the bottom line is I get very insulted when they are the only ones, when you can take Cubans. And well, I take something very close to home, uh, having, knowing a lot of Haitians. Uh, you want to compare, again, what African-Americans went through in this country compared to what Haitians went through on the island of Hispaniola with the French. There's no comparison. Or what a Brazilian slave went through. And the difference, all right, t- let's take Brazil. What the Brazilian slave through w- went through was 10 times worse. And I'm not belittling an American slave, but the, the, the living conditions of a Brazilian slave or a Haitian slave were infinitely worse than an American slave. The difference now is look where the American, African-American is now and compare it to the Haitian and compare it to the black that lives in Brazil. Black Brazilians still live in incredible, crazy poverty. The average Haitian can't read and write. Yet the American black is in the top 10 percent in the world in terms of well-being. We've done we've done infinitely better. So I'm tired of being blamed. I'm tired of being told how evil we are. We've done better than anyone in trying to repair this. And and we're not, you know, I'm not looking for credit, but yet who, who's complaining? I've, I've never heard a Jew in my entire life, and no one's been around more Jews than me. I've never heard a Jew walk around complaining about his situation. I've never heard Eastern Europeans, Russians, Ukrainians, I've never heard Armenians walking around the the way they do. They get they 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 pick themselves up because they they have the cultural strength, they have the family strength, whatever it is. But this is what angers people: is that this this simple thing is being this this one culture is is singling themselves out as if they're unique, when it, when in fact they're not. And in many regards, they've done better than so many yeah. other. Uh, the, the, uh, cultures that were in the same situation. Yeah, but you answered it because we, with the great society, we changed it. But what I find even interesting, why does no one ask this question of our politicians? Exactly the way you put it. Because it to, doesn't earn to, votes. That's it exactly does not right. earn votes. It's, Reverend, what I'm going to say is Reverend Al is never going to ask that question. No, He's never going to pay not, the taxes not. that he owes the, and for the cocaine it, that he exactly. hit in the There's refrigerator absolutely, there's absolutely no guarantee that any government program to satisfy a form of reparation is going to work. And and actually, Frank, you made me think of something. What if we showed up tomorrow and we asked Al Sharpton for reparations for the, what he cost the city of New York? For Tawana Brawley. For Tawana, Tawana Brawley. Brawley, yep. What about that? A lot of that wasn't into my paycheck. He would turn around and say he was misdirected, you know, okay. um, and and we all know that's not the case because he always seems to show up. You know, he's like the guy to me who not a, my father would say, start a fight and hold your coat. <laughs> you know, 
He's the guy that shows up when the picture has to be taken because he can say he's part of the solution yeah, or yeah. program. Uh, who but says as, it now? as soon he's as the arsonist. Yeah, but as soon he as something as soon as something goes wrong, he's not in the picture anymore. He goes down to the next thing that's so, needed. So let, let's uh, let's land this plane. Um, I'll I'll go first. Uh, I I'm against uh, any type of reparation, monetarily monetary reparation or any type of program for the reasons that f number one the number one reason I can't get past the fact that to me this is completely not doable, not feasible, not practical. Beyond that. I can't even begin to think of whether it's morally correct uh, or, or or any other reasons. I cannot get past the fact that it's just not practical. I, I can see programs trying to, through DNA testing, to see whether you're a slave or not or to see that you were a slave owner or not. I mean, that's the only way that they, they're going to have to prove it. And the cost would be just uh, like, like the conservative estimate, $10 trillion. Our American economy is uh, hovering around $3.3 trillion. Uh, I don't know where where the money would come from. So, I um, I this is clearly to me a political stunt, a political uh, uh, season topic that it's necessary. Necessary. I'm willing to admit it's necessary for the those that are running in the Democratic Party because they need the black vote. The black vote. Mm -hmm. They need the black vote. Which incidentally, uh, Trump appears to be. Uh, kind of uh, tr uh, taking away or, or increasing. I forget. I don't know what the stats were during the 16 election, but I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that he got more votes than, and, and than uh, anyone any in recent history. In yeah. recent yeah. history, mm -hmm. and I think the estimates nowadays are that he, the, those numbers are going uh, may even double by the time uh, the 2020 comes. The blacks are the swing vote. Well, uh, I, I, there you go. Reality. There you go. Our, our hope is that they're finally there. You go realizing the predicament they've been put in by the policies of, of, say, the 60s. Again, I'm totally against anything regarding reparations. What I'm for, because reparations doesn't solve the problem. Democrats have no interest in solving the problem because if they solve the problem, they lose the constituency. The reason why I focus on the 60s is because we did make a mistake in the 60s that, to me, was a bigger problem than the legacy of slavery. The legacy of slavery at that point was already 100 years old and was, was improving rapidly, especially since World War II. We reversed that trend dramatically in the 60s. So, uh, me, it's, it's, it's all about, you know, welfare reform. Mm -hmm. But y you got to take the emotion out of it. You got to take the blame out of it. You're not going to get anywhere with white America or non-black America as long as you're calling America evil and you're focusing on the white man. The fact is we've done more than, than any other country or any other culture in the world to try to solve this problem. So, Tom, if the, if the mistake was in the 60s and it was because of the Great Society or what we attempted to do and, we, and the attempt was done with money, more money into it, are you saying now that more money is going to fix the mistake? No, not necessarily. I think... And, and this is where I've got to back away because I'm not going to go in and, and talk. I can't discuss like Frank would be much more. Uh, you know, he's he has a, he's married, uh, married to a black woman. I I'm not going to claim to be an expert of what it is to grow up on East 138th Street in the Bronx in the 70s in a in a, you know, in a tenement with no water and electric in, in extreme poverty. As a, so I'm not going to go there. But what I but but I'm pretty solid in my belief that that. Until you repair certain aspects of the black culture, 
you're not going to solve this problem. Some of these aspects are caused by have been caused by our attempts to fix other problems, and some are self-induced. I mean, th- the fact that what percentage of our prison population is black, we, that's a problem that has to be solved. But I can't get away from the statistics of fatherless homes. We did the, the 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 black culture was on on a very slow and nice steady rate of improvement when when ninety percent of the families were two family homes. Now uh, on those blacks that live below the poverty line, eighty six percent have no father, and you have generation upon generations of blacks who have grown up getting a check from the government and no male influence. That's the trend that has to be broken. You break break that trend, and 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 the black culture will be just like anyone else's. Unfortunately, we have fifty percent uh, of our political population who have no interest in fixing that. Frank, final thoughts? Yeah. Hmm. You know, it comes back to what I said: perception is reality. And the, the best example I can give is: all of a sudden, <laughs> now we have a crisis at the border, which our president said. Two months ago, there was a crisis at the border and the Democrats denied it. We're here talking facts and reality, which has nothing to do with what's happening in the real world. But I agree with Tom. We destroyed the family. That was our big mistake. I don't think purposely. I hope not. Um, The problem is, how do you resolve that? Because it's a generation lost. And it'll take another generation to replace them. When I say replace them, replace it with knowledge that they understand what really happened. But it's an uphill battle because they're they're giving false information every day. And they don't have a father who's going to tell them right from wrong. And when one of them, again, like Conway West says something, he's ostracized Mm -hmm. because it's not the norm of what they want to hear. And the best example, I, again, I, I read to people at Section 8 and HUD, they see that world as norm, the kids. Mm-hmm. And they, they take advantage of it. And I, I'll give you a, a, a funny thing that happened to me. I had this young girl. She was playing outside, and I came by, and she said, Mr. Frank, look at my hair. Do you like it? I said, yeah, it's nice. She said, I paid for it with food stamps. <laughs> So what did that tell you? Exactly. The money's not going to fix it. Exactly what Tom said. The money's not going to fix it. And it's human nature, as I went, as referred to initially talking, that we're not uh, basically good. But we we take things. And you mentioned it. Once you give to someone, it's very hard to take it back. It has nothing to do with color. Right. In general, we all will take the easy way. So we've made it easier for them in hopes that it would help them. And in fact, we destroyed them. And if you say, well, let's put more money into education. Well, I, if I'm not mistaken, the statistics say that uh, per capita, we spend more per student here in DC. Yeah, than, but, than, any, than most other uh, industrialized education, countries. Not into teachers' yeah. unions. Yeah, but and it's so, what I said before. We delegate and abdicate. It's yeah. not well, what exactly. you, it's so not Imagine giving much, money to this school system that we have now. Yeah, but it's not how much you spend. It's how you spend it. And, yeah. I, and you and I Run spoke like about it. don't have control of how yeah. it's spent. Well, yeah. again, back to the politicians. Yeah. You and I, and, and Prager has a video on this. Union. Prager had a video on this. They don't let us spend Why it. are people millionaires, the people that make it? I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about people with great talents. The, ba- the, the average person who makes it, it's because of their mentality and how they handle money. Mm-hmm. Okay? 
you can give me a million dollars and I, I will bet I can set up programs that in a generation, I don't know if a generation, let's say 10 or 15 years, you'll see the result because I'm treating it as my money. And what happens when one of your investments are not producing? What do you do? I change it. You, exactly. I revisit it. So and I that, equate that to giving money, say, to education, and, and it's not getting us anywhere. You stop it. That's right. Started, and it, once but, you start a government but, program, but, but, but here's my point. It. But that's the problem. No, no government revisits it. That's why I said you have to get people who Privatize. are entrepreneurs like me retired and say, listen, mm -hmm. run this program. Run it like a business. You know, run it like a business. Because when you see whatever program you put in place, when I owned the business, it wasn't producing what I want. I revisited it, changed it. Not all the time su successfully. I wish I did. It was that way. But at least I didn't let it go. Politicians pass a law and then they abdicate because, first of all, politicians don't make the laws too much anymore. Once it's given to a, uh, agency. an agency, the agency's in charge. The politicians wipe the hand of it. They say, oh, we passed this law. Great. You're, you're in charge. Nobody goes back and revisits it and says, and a prime example, because I'm involved with it, uh, HUD. You know, if there's no test for HUD, at least let me say this, up until 2015 when I was involved with it, there's no test in HUD after you're approved to come back and retest you to see if your income has changed mm -hmm. and you should get it. I read an article where a family was on HUD, they were getting assistance, the kids graduated college, it was uh, uh, a foreign family, but they all were making good money together over $400,000, and they were getting assistance from HUD to pay the rent. You know why? They never went back to revisit them and test them a means test because it's not in the program. That's true with any any, any government, and that's why it's got to be very indirectly involved with money. Same reason why 90% of um, lottery winners go bankrupt. Uh, how many NFL players who make millions go bankrupt? I had a boss when I worked in New York for a city agency, you know, the agency, who made back in 19 mid-80s, he was making 150000 a year. He was one of the 20, 42 uh, uh, New York State employees at the time who made over hundred grand. This is the 80s. He lived in, in Greenwich Village in a $180 a month rent-controlled <laughs> apartment. <laughs> Uh, so Mayor Koch used to live in a rent control well, apartment, yeah, that's remember? True. That's true. All right. So just to uh, wrap it up, uh, Mr. M, I'm going to give you one more reason. I told you that one, one, I couldn't get past the fact that it's not doable, but I'm going to say something. And uh, To me, this is an issue of the heart. Just like Jesus said on the cross, forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, when you come to the cross and you, you accept Christ as your personal savior, there's a change and you see, you see people in a different light. You, you're supposed to see people through Jesus' eyes. I believe that uh, you change the heart, you change the person, you change their mentality, their point of view. No matter how much they were ostracized, no matter how much they were, they were castigated, no matter what, what horrible things, just like uh, uh, many cultures that we know of, we've talked about them here today, have been subjugated to the worst ills that man can think of. You can... You don't have to forget, but you can pull yourself up. And in in succeeding, it's almost a way of saying so there. It's almost a way of getting back when you succeed. When you allow yourself to become a victim, you're still a slave like Kanye West says. You're st it's mental. 
And, you know, he claims and he's ostracized, he's made fun of. And, and you know, he's the first one to tell you that he he suffers from uh, uh, from uh, not oppression, uh, um, bipolar. But the reality is, is that that man has spoken a great deal of wisdom in, in being being uh, uh, valiant enough to go out in the type of business that he is and say, this is mental. This is mental. You are. You are a slave when you believe that you're a victim. I'll never forget the words of my father before we left Cuba, because they were they would uh, uh, they would try to intimidate us and tell us all the bad things that would happen to this country if we if we would come. This is when they were trying to change our minds. And my father, I remember telling me and saying, uh, "Blacks are the first bigoted people. Blacks are the first prejudiced people." And and I never understood that. And I think that they perpetuate their own condition by continuing to believe that they're, that they're a victim. And then by by now assigning, they live in a segregated wor world. They have their own black shows, their own black clubs and all that. And nobody else is allowed. Yet you see what's happening to all, all uh, clubs that were white only or uh, that that can't happen anymore. They still have all black college. You know, and I don't know if whites are accepted. Yeah, all black caucus of all the, black the caucus, representatives. You know, how is that even allowed? The, whites are allowed to go to the colleges. Okay, why is that even allowed? But anyhow, so my second point was, this is an issue of the heart, in my opinion. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you have any questions or suggestions for future discussions, you can reach out to us on Twitter at the WTF Podcast or email us at wisdomtruthandfreedom at gmail.com. Like always, stay wise, speak the truth, and search for freedom.